Coming up on this Eastern Conference edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. One week of the NHL season is in the books. Our surprises and are the Lightning in trouble? All that and changes may be coming to the way the NHL covers the draft. This is the Locked On NHL podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello inside another Wednesday edition of the Locked On NHL Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan. You can find me five days a week over at Locked On Senators alongside Mike DiStefano. You can find him at Locked On Maple Leafs. Today is Wednesday, October 18th. And Mike, yeah, I'm feeling good, man. Sens just got two wins over the weekend. The Leafs are two and one, same record. So what's your overall uh, overall feel after the first week of the season? For the Maple Leafs or just in general? Where, where are we going with this one? In general, I'm loving that hockey's back. All right, I'm loving that hockey's back. Like, I'll say that, right? It's it's good to have it back in action, being able to find something to watch each and every night, even if it's not the Leafs or the Sens. You know, I enjoyed watching Connor Bedard, you know, night one against the Pittsburgh Penguins, giving uh, old Kyle Dubas a, an L. That was fun to watch, right? And, and you know, there's just been so much great hockey that's been, been going on. And obviously the story here in Toronto is Austin Matthews getting off to his Toward start with back-to-back hat-trick performances. Um, so that's been fun to watch, obviously, from a Leafs perspective and covering that over with Locked On Leafs. So it's been a good uh, a good start, good first week for the NHL. What's your biggest surprise, your takeaway from the league in the Eastern Conference? The biggest surprise so far? Uh, I mean, the Islanders are doing pretty good. I think they got a nice shutout victory again last night, but they haven't taken a, a loss yet. You know, the Flyers are above 500. I thought that was a team that was going to be an absolute dumpster fire. So a couple of teams that I think early on that are, you know, winning some games. I'm not sure that things are going to stay that way. But I would say that uh, they're, they're, you know, doing pretty good so far, having a pretty good showings. Yeah, for me, it's the Boston Bruins, man. And if you look at the schedule, it makes a little bit more sense. But it's always it's like the third year in a row where it's like the hot pick to fall off. Oh, you know, yeah. this year it was no Bergeron, no Krejci, but... As long as they have Marchand, Pasternak, McAvoy, Lindholm, and competent goaltending with their coaching that they get from Jim Montgomery, like they're not going anywhere. Now, you can dive into the numbers, which I will do right here. And despite winning 3-1 over Chicago, 3-2 over Nashville, and that Nashville game, they did get outshot, and um, Nashville went 0-7 on the power play. So it could have been a different game, one goal not game. A good team. That's not a good team, by the way. Nashville, they had dummied last night, too, in Edmonton. Not oh, a good team. Well, you, who wanted to play Edmonton after the way they lost both games to Vancouver? That They were Very due true. to pop off after after the way they played. You can go check out Locked On Canucks, who basically called Elias Pettersson the McDavid stopper. It was a hilarious episode there. Uh, we've got local experts on all the biggest stories. 32 different shows on the Locked On NHL network that pumps out daily 30-minute podcast but yeah we look at boston and after seven games this season they will already be done both ends of their regular season home and home with the san jose sharks or sorry the anaheim ducks even worse and the chicago blackhawks like that's like the what 30th and 31st if not dead last team in the national hockey league and they'll have four of their first seven games against those teams 
Well, yeah, those are the teams that ended with the number one and number two overall picks in this past draft. So, yeah, those two teams stink, obviously. And I will say Chicago's been a little bit better than I thought they would be. Like, I just watched them play in Toronto. And, you know, I, Toronto played poorly, but also uh, Chicago actually did 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 all right for themselves. And uh, they're one of the surprise teams, I would say, but they're over in the West. So we'll, we'll kind of leave them to the side right now. But as for Boston, like you would expect for them to make easy work of all of those teams. So, you know, by game, what do you say? By by the first seven games, is that one that's that's done? Like, yeah, they should have a, an exemplary record in the next few weeks. But what can they do after that when they start taking on real squads? Real squads. We're going really real. Deep cuts. Yeah, I just pulled up for those who are watching on YouTube, but you, you can see it. Like, e- even after they get home from this road trip where they're in San Jose, LA, Anaheim, Chicago is their next four games. Then they come home, they have Anaheim, Detroit, Florida, and Toronto at home. So that's a four-game homestand. They're going to be at home for a week and a half, and then it's just a two-game road trip. Like, that's a pretty easy first 10 games, if you ask me. That's a bizarre start to the sched, too. Like, you're, you're starting off your season with five, six, seven Western teams? Seven Western teams to start the year, both home and away. That's yeah. so weird, so bizarre. And after their first two games, a five-day break before the first game on the road. Yeah, yeah, that's a strange sked. Really, really strange. Yeah, they've only played two games so far. Yeah. It was weird last week seeing some teams who were like three games into the season, and then others, it's like, oh, their first game is on Friday. Oh, they haven't played. It's, it's now Saturday, and they're getting their first bit of action. It, it was actually kind of weird to – Look at the standings and see teams and the, the games played discrepancy so early in the year. But that all evens out eventually. It all evens out. So, yeah, Boston, one of my surprises. And then uh, I was actually back home in Ottawa this weekend. Got to go to both games. So I saw Philly. I saw Tampa. And, man, the Lightning are in trouble. I know they didn't have Steven Stamkos in the game that I went to. And we already knew that Andre Vasilevsky was going to be out for the first two months of the season. Heck, Matt Tompkins was not the reason that they lost the game against Ottawa on Sunday. I thought he actually played pretty well in goal for Tampa. Jonas Johansson, you could probably say should have gotten at least one win in the, in the few losses he took. I mean, he's just not a good goalie. Like, and, and that, that is a problem. And, Look, I, I, I remember when we heard the news about Vasilevsky, I went and I dug into some of the numbers last year. The Tampa Bay Lightning were like middle of the pack in terms of expected goals against. Like their defense is not what it used to be, right? They've had a lot of moving parts uh, depart that team that from those Stanley Cup teams that they had a couple of years ago. And you look at Victor Hedman, who's kind of fallen off as he's, you know, getting into his, his you know, mid-30s. And there's not much around him, right? Eventually, we knew that this team that was, you know, so good for so long was going to fall off, right? We just knew that it was going to happen. And without the backbone, Andre Vasilevsky back there to hide some of those deficiencies that they had defensively, uh, they're they're starting to show now. There's, there's some cracks in that armor there. So they got to hope that they can try and piece things together and keep it at least relatively close and, and stay 500 or... or somewhere in around that range for the first two months, or they're going to have some deep holes to dig out of once he gets back in what December, January team save percentage right now, eight ninety three through four Gross. games. Gross. Yeah. It's not good. For it's not good. Point. eh? As no. Louis Deming would say not the best. Well, no, the thing is, and they should really be happy that the Buffalo Sabres allowed to tie that game with seven seconds left. 
on <laughs> night. Like that, that yeah. was a point that you could look back at once Vasilevsky. And it's like, oh, okay, like now we're 500 because we got that cheeky point. I know they lost in overtime, but like that wasn't a game that I think that they deserve to win necessarily. But you look at it and with all of the changes you mentioned on defense, it was time for Mikhail Sergachev to be a number one pairing guy. And what's he got? One assist dash six through four games this season. Like they need him to be better. I thought Hedman was pretty good on Sunday in Ottawa. He's got five points in four games. So he's doing what he can. At least Darren Radish got walked by Brady Kachuk on what ended up being the insurance goal in that game. He's got to be a bit stronger on the puck back there. Calvin DeHaan, who they kind of saw as like, Hey, a couple of years younger than Zach Bogosian, who I know is still there looking for a trade. He got into one game, but he hasn't played well. He's a dash three so far. Like they just, they haven't had a lot of, help on the back end and also up front like they've had no depth that tanner Janot has three points he was brutal uh when i saw him live nick paul was dash three connor sheary's got no points in four games he's dash six in brandon Hagel though Hagel's a scorer that guy's that guy's pretty good i'll say that i do like brandon Hagel. Hey, he's got four goals in four games like they they do they yeah. do have skill on that team and that's why you're wondering uh brayden point point per game but he's still looking for his first goal in the season like I noticed yeah. Austin Watson was one of their most noticeable players on uh, on Sunday. And I know it was a revenge game for him. He, he got he got a bit of a video tribute and that. I mean, say whatever you want. He was there for three years. But <laughs> I, w- I would have just put up the graphic. Not Yeah, the, thank you. you know? Yeah. And he wasn't even watching it. He was like purposely ignoring it. It's like, we're doing this for you. I don't care to see a 30-second video <laughs> of, of you doing charity work because they couldn't find enough of him putting the puck in the net or losing fights. Like – if I'm not, if you're not watching it, why am I? So right. anyway, he gave a little hat tip to the crowd, but uh, no, I, I think Tampa, man, they, they're really going to have to keep their head above water here without Andre yeah. Pavlovsky. And that's not a surprise. That's why I asked you the surprise first, because we knew that they could be in trouble without Andre Vasilevsky in the lineup, but exactly. it's a bit worse than I even thought it was. It would Well, be. I'm, I am looking into the numbers now up on natural stack trick and the lightning uh, are the fifth worst team and expected goals against at 3.12 at five on five, but they've given up more goals than any other team in the NHL. They're averaging 4.15 goals against that five on five uh, through the first three games of the season, which is number one in the league uh, or number 32, however you want to look at it. Not great. Not great. And look, again, we somewhat anticipated this could be a problem. And it's a team that's going to have to outscore those woes. And uh, the the offense has to pick up here, but they surely are going to have to pick up their game defensively if they're going to want to hover around enough so that they can still make themselves, you know, known as cup contenders like they've always been. If you're a Lightning fan, though, you can take solace in the fact that they're coming home for a five-game homestand right now. So they just played three on the road. All three, though, against divisional rivals. They end up with one point in Detroit, Ottawa, and Buffalo. That coming in the last game against the Sabres. They got all, in all, all three. three Mike, in, in, in the three games, dude, the shots for versus shots against, not even close. 72 shots for, 111 against. Brutal. Brutal. Yeah, that's that's not good. It's not good, eh? But I'll say this too. Like you mentioned, yeah, they they lost three games to three divisional opponents. And like all three of those teams are the three teams that have been highlighted as, you know, these are the teams specifically that can take advantage of this Vasilevsky injury and try and bank points in hit the you know while he's gone and they're doing it. So And they certainly did. Coming up next for the Tampa Bay Lightning, they've got Vancouver tomorrow, followed by Toronto, 
Carolina, two tough games, then San Jose, Seattle to close out that five-game homestand before they take off on another four-game trip with stops in Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal, among others. So more divisional matchups, basically the opposite of the Boston Bruins. Okay, (laughs) plenty more in the Eastern Conference to get to. Shane Pinto still unsigned. We're four games into the season. What's going on there? And Mikey, when you mentioned the draft earlier, smoke started coming out of my ears because they're trying to take away our beloved NHL draft. How? We'll discuss next. You're listening to Locked on NHL. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at eBay Motors. eBay Motors has the passion, the drive, and the patience. It's what brings home the winning trophy, but it also keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers we also want to thank our good friends over at Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind when you're purchasing. You can see the view from your seat before you even buy it, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total upfront, so you're never going to get caught with a great deal without those hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. You can find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football, basketball, hockey, baseball, and more. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Welcome back to the Locked On NHL podcast, your team every day. A reminder, we have local experts on the biggest stories Five days a week, every weekday, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find me at Locked On Senators. Mikey's over at Locked On Maple Leafs. And for some reason, Mikey, the Sens and Leafs don't go head-to-head until November 8th. Come on, man. Usually it's the first week of the season. I know you guys already got one against the Habs. Like, I need it. Is, is Is that what Shane Pinto's waiting on for the Battle of Ontario? Is that it or what? I don't know what's going on, man. I've got I've got a tinfoil hat take, though, because uh, the good news in Ottawa is that Josh Norris will make his season debut, his first game in 270 days. He hasn't played since wow. January 21st of last year, suffered a shoulder injury, tried to rehab, came back, played three games, 
and then needed surgery. So they shut him down, then had a few complications at the start of this training camp. So he's been slow and steady getting back in the mix, but coach DJ Smith saying no restrictions. He's taking full face-offs. He's going to be on the power play in the one-timer spot. And my tinfoil hat take, because we know Josh Norris is making just a shade under $8 million per season. I think that Pierre Dorian knows what the market is in terms of trades because they have to clear cap to sign Shane Pinto no matter what. They're right up against it. It's either going to be Matthew Joseph, who's been out to a red-hot start to the season. Yeah, He makes 2.95 for the next three years. Dominic Kubalik makes $2.5 million on an expiring contract. And Eric Branstra makes $2 million with one year left on his deal. In a perfect world, you keep all three, right? Yeah. That that Kubali deals a hell of a hell of a, a contract, by the way, for that player. You would think player. you would think teams should be lining up to take take on that yeah. that contract. So the that thing player, Kubalik, though, and I laugh because I was at the game with Pilsy, my co-host at Locked On Sends, and um, he hates having the puck on his stick. He's a shooter <laughs> as yeah. as much as shooters can be. Oh. This guy's a one timer machine. Grip it and rip it, buddy. But man, dude scored what thirty goals the the oh, one year in Chicago. Well, playing with Patty Kane, but yeah, as a as a rookie, but then yeah. last year still with Detroit. So yeah, he's he's a bit of a player. But my take here is that Josh Norris, we saw him come back and only play three games. I think the Pierre Dorian is like, hey, what if what if Josh Norris gets hurt again? And if that's the case and it's long term, then you can put him on LTIR, keep all three of those guys, and use that money to sign Shane Pinto. Ah, so he's kind of hedging a little bit, thinking we might not want to make a move if it's not necessary. Right, because you haven't seen Shane Pinto in 270 days. Right, right. I mean, best case scenario, that doesn't happen, though. (laughs) And he stays healthy. I mean, I'll take take a Norris and Pinto over a Norris and any of those three guys, right? Like, that's clearly going to be the MO, the, the Ottawa Senators, but... I mean, yeah, I guess if you're a general manager, you have to kind of have that long-term thinking. You don't want to make a move. You don't have to wait for, you know, Norris to show that he's healthy and then force yourselves into having to make that move as opposed to uh, being proactive on it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I could see that. I could see that. It's been a long I think they should time. still like, sign him regardless. Like, just, let's get this done. Let's get Pinto back on the ice. I know it, it's nice. honestly, it's, it's becoming a bit of a concern. He's one of my favorite players to watch. I, I love, and th- this is probably the craziest stat. They've all been on this team hit Stutzla Norris and Pinto since 2020, like the COVID season, they've played 26 games where all three of them are healthy. Cause Shane Pinto missed all but five games two years ago. And then Norris missed all but eight games last year. And let me guess solid record in those games, 16, eight and one, but who's counting? Yeah. You you're counting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. But uh, that's that's the view from Ottawa. I'll get the view from uh, Toronto from Mikey after another quick word. And then we, we've been teasing it. But like th- these are our hottest takes of this episode, like the NHL draft. What are they thinking? What could happen? What is the future of the NHL draft? We'll discuss that next. You're listening to Locked on NHL. Today's episode of Locked On NHL is brought to you by Sleeper. Sleeper is the daily fantasy that you need. It's the official daily fantasy app of Locked On NHL Network. It's our top choice for daily fantasy sports, especially fantasy hockey. Your favorite players, you can bet on them to win big. So if you're me, I'm a big Brady Kachuk guy, as you could imagine, 
back-to-back two-goal games, that's a way to win. How about back-to-back hat-tricks? I know there weren't any hats thrown on the ice in Toronto, but you can get money in your cap if you have Austin Matthews on your side. So you can choose stats like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more. You heard me, NHL fans. A hundred times payout on sleepers. So start paying attention and get your picks right, and you could win Big. Just use our promo code locked on NHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Now, terms and conditions do apply. That's locked on NHL, only available to U.S. customers for now. Use Sleeper's terms of use for details. Welcome back, Locked On NHL. You can like and subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcasts. We are free and available on YouTube, as are all of our great Locked On NHL shows here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I have this sick addiction, Mikey, that after the Sens win a game, I go watch the Locked On NHL team show that the Senators beat. (laughs) That's brutal. That's brutal. But I usually the view from the other side before games too are fun. Where yeah. It's like, what's going on with, with said team? Well, you can get the local experts view every day, guaranteed locked on NHL. I do that all the time. I already got it ready to go. You know, the Leafs, they got the Florida Panthers tomorrow. I'm going to go and see what Armando Velez of locked on Panthers has to say about this matchup. What's going on with Florida. What do we got to worry about? That's why I think the lockdown network is great, right? Like we can get, any piece of information about any hockey team, any sports team, obviously there's not just hockey, but um, at, at the, at your fingertips with the, with the locked on network and podcasting. So it's, it's a great uh, technology is a good thing when it comes to that type of stuff. So it's so good. It's so good. Oh, uh, just a quick funny aside. And I want your take on, on the Leafs as well. So Ottawa just got uh, in a new study and uh, say what you want about the qualifications of a new study. Ottawa's okay. the, fastest speaking city in Canada. Okay. And in this study, they said political podcasts like locked on senators play a role in this. What? (laughs) Yeah. You get political over on locked on sends. Do you? I couldn't believe what, what was sent to me. It was a a guy from the industry and he's like, I I couldn't believe it. So there you go. Apparently we're uh, Apparently, we're a political podcast. Are we a political show? Like, Locked On NHL doesn't get no love? I mean, we could start talking about the House of Commons. There's just a lot going on there. Locked no On House of Commons. No doubt. Well, the funniest part, because that it's Ottawa being the fastest speaking city. Neither pills here. I live in Ottawa. So, does it count? Now, that's where you said technology is great. Well, that's one of the reasons. I'm from Ottawa, but don't live there right now. So, it's right. It, Great that we get to follow the team closely. Uh, what's the big story on Locked On Leafs right now with you and Dave Morissuti? Well, uh, after not looking so great against the Chicago Blackhawks, four-one uh, loss, but uh, you know we'll we'll move on. Just like Jalen Hurts always says, you take a deuce, you flush it. Some line changes that uh, that are occurring already for this team. Yeah, the deep pair is getting shaken up. Uh, I think I saw that Matthew Nyes might be moving up the lineup as well. So lots of different uh, lineup changes coming in this upcoming matchup against the Florida Panthers, which will be a revenge game. Keep in mind, Florida eliminated Toronto in the playoffs last year. So the Leafs, they're certainly going to want to get that victory uh, going into their building for their, I think, believe it's their home opener too. So it should be a good game. I'm excited for it. But yeah, we'll be previewing that show tomorrow morning on Lockdown Leafs. Nice. Okay, we've waited long enough, Mikey. What the heck's going on with the NHL draft? 
Dude, I saw this come across my timeline today that the NHL is considering like a remote status for the teams, and I just don't understand. So lay, lay it out for the good people who who don't know exactly what we're talking about, and then we'll kind of break it down and give our thoughts on it. Yeah, it's really frustrating because Elliot Freeman, I was listening to 32 Thoughts um, the other day, and they brought this up, and I, I get it, but like I don't I don't like it. So the tweet Dude, was, I uh, Elliot Freeman – the NHL has officially notified teams that it would like to hear their opinions on decentralization of the draft, having clubs stay at home while prospects attend. If there's a desire to change would most likely happen in 2025, there's an outside chance that it could happen this year. Absurd. Absurd. Like I understand a lot of people look and, and I saw uh, who was it that was tweeting about it. It was Drew Livingston of uh, SDPN saying, hey, the NFL draft does that, right? They're all centralized and it makes a lot of sense and it works for them. Why couldn't it work for the NHL? I think a big difference in why the NHL works the way it is with the teams and the players uh, all in the same building together. The hype isn't around the prospects necessarily in hockey like it is around the NFL um, and, and even the NBA. Like those guys, they go right to the sport they're going on those teams and they're going to go right to the na or they go right to the nfl right to the nba and those guys are going to be there and play for you that's not the same with the nhl outside of like the top five a normal everyday fan doesn't really know who these prospects are so what really drives it in my opinion what i'm always excited about is the speculation or the the, the potential of trades to happen and that all occurs on the draft floor. The draft floor, to me, is what's most interesting about the draft. Once the first couple of picks go, and sure, there's some random surprises here and there when somebody goes a little bit early, like when Barrett Hayton went number five you know, a couple of years ago, or when Yessi Puyarvi got picked, uh, or no, it was Pierre-Luc Dubois got picked at three ahead of Yessi Puyarvi. I was in the building for that draft, and I remember that being a big shocker when it all happened. Yeah, sure, that stuff exists. But like I said, after the first five picks... It's all about the speculation of what could happen with the trades and with the teams and the players and having everyone in the building, having the GMs all on the floor really is what drives that narrative and drives all of that. I wouldn't want to take it away. I think that would be a, a, a really silly thing for the NHL to do. I don't like it. Not one bit. Me neither. And and some of the, the accounts or people that are saying, you know, oh, do it. It's like, a part of it is saying that like, Oh, the photo takes so long. They go up, they put on the Jersey. Like that's my, that's my favorite part. Who cares? Who cares? Like that's when, you know, you're taking time to analyze the prospect. Also realistically is what's happening yeah. in the background, especially when you're, what's being broadcasted. Maybe when you're live, it might be a little different because it, it, maybe it drags out when it's live, but the teams have 10 minutes to make their pick anyway. So what else are you going to do in that 10 minutes? Have nothing on the stage? At least there's something to watch on the stage during the 10 minutes that the next team has to make their selection. So I'm not really sure why that bothers people at all. I really don't. No, I'm, I'm glad that that's the case for you too. Because yeah, for me, it, it just makes absolutely no sense. It, it's almost like disrespectful to the prospects that work their entire lives to, to have their moment. Like they want to have their family in attendance, but also... Like I, I get that some of the prospects would still be there, but I like the stories of the kids too, who maybe don't get picked on the first day, but they're there. And then the second day, they still get the opportunity to yeah. go to shake hands with the GM. There's usually some Dude. legend in the 
team at the table or, you know, they get to meet the the whole scouting staff, the people who have followed them closely throughout. Like there's just so many reasons why having everyone together, not to mention, I mean, I guess the problem is now they're like, oh, Vegas, Vegas, Vegas. It's going to be in Vegas. They're like the awards, like everything. But if you spread out the wealth, like it's great to showcase that city that maybe wouldn't get an all-star game because of weather concerns. Like you could have it in, I know the all-star games in Toronto this year, ironically, but usually they like the warmer weather places for that, but you could have a Winnipeg as the NHL draft or a Vancouver. Like you wouldn't have necessarily a winter event there because everyone wants to, you know, pack their sandals and everything. But I do think that you'd be able to get more of these, these Northern climates available for the draft. Yeah. I I just, I'm, I'm not sure why this is this is becoming a, a a thing or a topic of conversation why the nhl is approaching this like if you want to me to play the other side it's the fact that it's so close to the the free agency if the drafts in montreal san jose's entire brass has to get back to san jose in a day and a half before they can do all that, Dude, that was but argument. like but that was last that was last year i think was a little different this year, same days this year same, the same there's only a couple of days in between I mean, that's on the NHL. Why does that have to be so like move it up a few days? Like what (laughs) I would suggest that perhaps no, don't take away this event from everybody who wants to go and and likes it. Just move the draft up a couple days. Like if you don't know who you're taking at number one, like the Blackhawks didn't know on June 21st instead of June 28th, who they were taking first overall, uh, you don't deserve to to get that player. Like you clearly don't want that player. You don't care about that. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? I, I just... If that's the reason, the easier alternative is changing the date just a couple days earlier. Yeah, no, I'm I'm all in with that. So let us know in the comments what you think. Should the NHL draft be centralized? Everyone, teams, players, families, coaches, everything in the same exact room? Or should people be on Zoom and just kind of go through the motions? And allow these kids to just go up, I guess, get a jersey from Gary Bettman. Like, that's what the NBA does, where it's the the commissioner that gives you Roger Goodell. Like, they give you the jersey. I think the team yeah. really makes it unique and makes it very NHL. So, I'm hoping they stay, but let us know. Maybe you've got reasons why you think it should be decentralized. You can let us know that in the comments. Mike, any quick final thoughts on today's show? I have a pack of Timmy's hockey cards. Do you want to open it live on air? Yeah, let's do it real quick. I'm sure the audio right. listeners are going to love it. So let's open it live on air. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll walk them through and I'll talk about what we've got here. So we'll do that. But, uh, you know, yeah, these are fun. I, I do enjoy them. I'm a big hockey card collector in general. All right. So what do we got here? We've got a Logan Thompson. Nice Logan Thompson. They're off to a hell of a start. This team here. Yeah. Boom. Trevor Zegris. Nice little Trevor Zegris insert. What's that? Superstar showcase. A Trevor Zegris. That's a decent little card. Nice shine. Nice foil. Playing and the we'll finish her up. Mistaken in that one. What's that? Playing the Leafs in that game. Looks like a little blue and white in the background. Uh, it's either no. I think it's the Lightning. Actually, looks like Hedman might be in the back. Trying to bring it to the Eastern Conference because all three of your cards we got. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Rupe Hints is the other one, and Rupe Hints looks like they're playing. Uh, it's Van Riemsdyk in the back, so they're playing the 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 Washington Capitals. So there you go. There's a le- little Eastern Conference love in there. That's yeah, awesome. man, those are there fun. You can go check those out. No free ads, but you can go check those out at Tim Hortons. Those are great. Yeah. Fun. Grab you a drink, only a buck. You can check out more hockey cards at uh, Mikey underscore Canuck on Twitter. You can follow me at Ross Levitan. The show 
is the Locked On NHL podcast, free and available on all podcast platforms, including on YouTube. Thank you for tuning in to another edition. Tomorrow, we'll hand it over to the power rankings of Locked On NHL. We'll be back next week for another exciting, oh, how many games? There's games every night, man. There's lots of games between now and then, but I'm hoping next time we talk, Shane Pinto is signed. I'll leave it at that. For Mike DiStefano, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On NHL podcast, your team every day.